but yeah, I think that it was definitely intentional. I know because I used to work in the fashion industry and I used to book photo shoots and be a part of that whole process is that everything is, um, there's a, a board conversation that what we're going to do, what's the creative direction, who we're going to cast for this, what are the props that we're going to use, um, what is the message, what is the theme, right? There, What's the mood board? They'll put together a mood board. And there's many steps that they take to finalize the end result before they publish it. And it's okayed by multiple people and there's not one stone left unturned like everything is meticulously done in these uh, photo shoots and these campaigns so this was very thought out it was discussed on several occasions um, these processes of these campaigns take some time so they had many chances to go over the photo shoot and change things if they wanted to there was clearly an agenda behind it and since they got caught, now they're trying to backtrack and pretend like they just were clueless. But as somebody who's worked in this industry and worked behind photo shoots and in this process, I know firsthand that these things are not done just aimlessly. There is intent behind everything. Welcome to the Earthshaking Conversations podcast. I'm the host, Clarina Paquette. Today, we are rejoined once again by our beautiful Alexi Turner, and we are going to talk all things Balenciaga today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So yeah, I wanted you to come on to talk about the whole Balenciaga scandal that's been going on. Uh, for those of you who don't know what happened, uh, Balenciaga released some really disgusting pictures with children holding teddy bear and um, wearing bondage. And they also released a separate set with a purse under a stack of papers. And that paper, uh, those papers were actually a court case that overturned some parts of child pornography. So I wa want to hear your thoughts about that, your initial thoughts about the whole scandal. Well, did you, first of all, somebody had posted a video from one of the runway shows from Balenciaga. Did you see this video of this guy? He had like a gift bag and there was like a bloodied baby blanket and like doll or something in the gift bag from the runway show. Did you see that video? I didn't see that one. I saw like the designer that actually did these shoots was wearing like two like blood babies. Yeah, like, it's just so weird. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on <laughs> in industries, right? And a lot of people have been trying to politicize it by saying that it's like right-wing conspiracy theorists. And the thing is, is that what I like to say about these people is that everything is always in plain sight because this is a part of the nature of what they believe in, that they have to share with the public what they believe in and what they're doing because if the public consents to it and doesn't have an outrage by what they're doing then we're giving them consent to continue on their weird lifestyle that they believe in which is you know satanism essentially and so that's why you see a lot of this dark stuff being disguised as humor there's been a lot of like 
you know, SNL skits, a lot of weird different things as we see now fashion campaigns that uh, have a lot of this kind of like really dark stuff in it that people just kind of shove under the rug because no one wants to believe that there's true darkness running the world, right? We kind of want to turn the other way, but they are trying to push the envelope so far and so much and they're trying to normalize these things because if they desensitize us to what they're doing, there's not going to be as much of an outrage about it and they're going to have more consent to kind of continue on their agenda, which is, in my opinion, the sexualization of children, um, the whole backwards society, the androgynous society, um, you know, a lot of these people kind of like worship Baphomet, which is an androgynous god. There, there's like a lot of esoteric information within all of this that I could go into like another conversation with <laughs> that I won't do here. But, um, but yeah, I think that it was definitely intentional. I know because I used to work in the fashion industry and I used to book photo shoots and be a part of that whole process is that everything is, um, there's a, a board conversation that what we're going to do, what's the creative direction who we're going to cast for this, what are the props that we're going to use, um, what is the message, what is the theme, right, There, what's the mood board, they'll put together a mood board, and there's many steps that they take to finalize the end result before they publish it, and it's okayed by multiple people, and there's not one stone left unturned, like, everything is meticulously done in these uh, photo shoots in these campaigns. So this was very thought out. It was discussed on several occasions. Um, these processes of these campaigns take some time. So they had many chances to go over the photo shoot and change things if they wanted to. There was clearly an agenda behind it. And since they got caught, now they're trying to backtrack and pretend like they just were clueless. But as somebody who's worked in this industry and worked in high-end photo shoots and in this process, I know firsthand that these things are not done just aimlessly. There is intent behind everything. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. As someone who works in corporate, not in the fashion world, but like, you know, they have, I, I just had such a hard time believing Balenciaga when they said, oh, this was a mistake. This, you know, uh, we didn't approve that. Like, I work in the corporate, and any little tiny little decision that they make has to go through hours upon hours of meeting. And it's like, it's almost impossible that, you know, everything, and it's not just the shoots themselves. They Like, these were two separate shoots, right? Like, it, it was like the, the kids holding, like, the bondage teddy bears. And then on another shoot, it was the child pornography case under like under the uh the handbag and it's like you know you can't tell us that this wasn't planned <laughs> you know like right. you can't gaslight us into thinking that and again everything is hidden in plain sight that document was essentially hidden but it was in plain sight so if nobody zoomed in to see it then the public is giving consent to mm -hmm. what they are showcasing right and the other thing is the photographer who did this shoot had a series of photo shoots with children 
um, I forget what it was called, maybe you know the name of it, where the kids were surrounded by their favorite toys and their favorite items and stuff, and that was kind of the theme, and it was like innocent, right? And now in this photo shoot, children were surrounded by alcohol, martini glasses, things that children should not be surrounded by. And it's like, why? Why are you using children holding bondage bears surrounded by alcohol? Like, what is what is the message for this, you know? And this is them trying to push the envelope to see how far they can get away with these things. So we start accepting this as normal and okay mm -hmm. and... It, it's just going to keep going further and further. And then people who, who want to live a life that's not this way, right, are going to be seen as the abnormal ones. Like, it, in, I guess in Satanism, if you want to call it, everything is backwards. Everything is, um, what's the word, uh, when everything is backwards? Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyway, everything is backwards. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, this is, like, it, honestly, there's a, there's a blatant, and I think we can say this, like, there's a blatant from Hollywood, from mainstream to normalize pedophilia. We see it in very different, um, we see it in the LGBTQ community. I might get canceled for this, but we see them trying to normalize drag shows, you know, like strippers stripping in front of children. We see them, you know, trying to mutilate children at a young age when they say that they are a different gender. We see it in many different, like, departments. And there's definitely a blatant, a blatant effort to try to normalize this disgusting pedophilia in, in Hollywood and specifically celebrities. They, they're trying to do that as well and it's it's really disgusting but Balenciaga putting this out there was definitely intentional I 100% you know agree with you on that and you know I think Andrew Tate said I wrote it down he said it's called karmic ret retribution which is they basically show you what they're doing and then um he gave an example sorry it's on the other page but um, yeah, I, I just thought it was such a, a great, go ahead. It's a, you know, what it is, is what I mentioned earlier is that if they have it in plain sight and, and we see it and notice it and don't say anything, we are consenting to what they're doing. So they don't have any karmic retribution or karmic consequences for what they're doing because we are allowing it, right? So if you're doing something and the public is allowing it, then they don't have any karmic, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, oh my God, why can't I think today? Um, <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> and it goes out. They don't have any karmic backlash for okay. what they're doing, right? Because we're saying this is okay. And this is why they're trying to normalize this lifestyle so much and push back so much so we become desensitized to it right it's it's kind of like how we see so much sex everywhere in on social media in movies on tv we're, we're now desensitized to it pornography to where it's not seen as shocking the way it used to be and now what do we see we see this society that is over-sexualized in every capacity. It's ruining relationships. It's causing addictions. It's 
going to the youth now, now youth teenagers are on social media over-sexualizing themselves, um, which creates the downfall of society, right? Because we've normalized it and people have been saying like, oh, well, you're just being religious or you're purity culture, right? And, and we need to have sexual freedom and rights for everybody. And then there's like this really weird gray area of what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And there's definitely a very strong effort to over-sexualize, you know, the society. And it's now trickling down to children. And it's extremely worrisome. And I think that the silence of celebrities is telling. I actually wrote down a list of people who condemned Balenciaga. And the list is not very long. It's Kim Kardashian. We'll get into her statement in a moment. Kanye West. Bethany Frankel, Gianno Caldwell, Cooper Cup, and Yonmi Park, okay? So there's five celebrities or six celebrities that condemned Balenciaga. Compare that to the list of celebrities that uh, condemned Kanye West only two weeks earlier, okay? I don't even know if it's been two weeks. But Jamie Lee Curtis, Andre, uh, Eric Andre, Reese Witherspoon, Kim Kardashian, Hailey Bieber... Florence Pug, Amy Schumer, Reese Witherspoon, Khloe Kardashian, Lizzo, and then the list goes on. There's more uh, than that, but, you know, that's only the ones that I... And what was he condemned for? The anti-Semitic comments. What did he say exactly? Um, He said, so instead of saying, like, the media, he said the Jewish media. I see. That's why, yeah, we can it's another podcast episode but it's you know it's, it just shows it just goes to show you like um you know they're so quick to condemn someone because they said something like the jewish media right and then you know when it comes to pedophilia and child grooming and child sexualization it's crickets in hollywood no one except for apparently bethany frankel and you know a couple people no one actually wants to condemn it, and it's really disgusting from from the celebrities. Yeah, because they are all part of the same group, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to stay quiet. It's like the same thing with the Harvey Weinstein situation. Everybody knew who he was and what he was about, and there was no mystery there. And everybody was still friends with him. Meryl Streep, Oprah... All these people, you know, seeing photographs of him, praising him. Where were they when he got arrested? You know, nobody really talked about it. And then it became this whole Me Too culture. Um, But I think, you know, there's definitely this something in Hollywood called like humiliation rituals where they will take down one person like Bill Cosby, for example, Harvey Weinstein now they did a movie about him and they kind of they kind of shine the light on one individual to kind of hide the rest of what's really happening so everybody's focused on that one person I guarantee you there will be another scandal that happens in like a week and everybody will magically forget about Balenciaga because something even bigger will happen right that will take you know something um that is that is planned or 
that they put into the media for them to talk about will kind of be placed in there for people to be outraged about to take the attention away from from Balenciaga because they don't want people having conversations about this. I think they already have. I actually made a video on TikTok like not long ago where um, it was revealed that Kanye West was showing like Kim Kardashian's sex tapes or something. And I made a video stitching that being like, are you guys stupid? Like, are you guys stupid? You guys really believe that? Like, and it was just, just fresh, fresh after the Balenciaga scandal. I was like, there's no way this is actually like true. Like, come on. Kanye West is... Go ahead. Yeah, the problem with the media is that a lot of it, and I think what Donald Trump kind of brought to attention is that a lot of it is fake. A lot mm. of it's not real, right? I mean, they've even, like, refurbished old war photos to pretend like it's current war photos in, you know, in the news uh, to trick people into believing that, you know, and they've even paid people off to show some sort of horrific thing that's happened that they're actually crisis actors and this has been proven like this isn't some sort of like weird conspiracy right so they can plant any kind of idea in the media in people's minds that's why the media is so powerful because it sways people's opinions um of people and they can lie about anything to make it seem like it's true um and then they have all this power and see most people they don't have the time or desire to really go in and deep dive into certain things and do the research themselves. So if something comes out in an article, they just see it as fact and truth. And that's why a lot of people don't actually have critical thinking skills. They don't think for themselves. They just believe, that's why they call them sheep. They just believe what's pushed out in the media. And that's why we're in this situation is we don't have a lot of free thinkers. Yeah, and Trump definitely like blew the lid off on that one even in with the ukraine situation there's a lot of fake photos from ukraine that were taken either at another time or they were like movie photos uh specifically with Zelensky in them and then there was uh i, I think the pandemic also they were showing pictures that were fake and you know they were taken like so much like so much time back and they like created these like crises which aren't actually crises but yeah with the Balenciaga, Balenciaga scandal I have no doubt that they're going to put another scandal out there I'm surprised they haven't done so already because people are people are really really outraged and and rightfully so like I've been outraged I've been on TikTok like I think it's like the 10th video that I post about that and and specifically to like try to like get like the kardashians to speak out because they speak out for literally everything except for this and even the statement kim kim kardashian statement which was like such a bad statement like that wasn't enough they she didn't even cut like ties with balenciaga like you know she just said i'll wait and see basically yeah and i thought it was interesting too that pres hilton was like the only person that came forward who is in media right he mm -hmm. was the only person who came forward and was like, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, people are being too sensitive. This is a right-wing conservative issue. And everybody in the comment section was like, no, it's not a political issue. This is like a human rights, children's rights issue, right? And then they tried coming forward saying that the parents of the kids had no problem with it. Their kids had fun. So, again, they're trying to normalize this and put 
figures like Press Hilton out there to say, this is okay. What's wrong with this? There's nothing wrong with this for people to kind of, you know, question themselves, right? To question if, if it's really something that that's that bad. Yeah. And I think I stitched Perez Hilton's video and I was like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like that's, that's always the first thing, right? They always say, oh, it's a Fox news, like Candace Owen conspiracy theory. And I'm like, are you guys joking? And of course, Perez Hilton is not going to be um, shaken by that. Like he, he's a celebrity himself. And then the other person that I just saw like today that I stitched her video was Julia Fox. And Julia Fox was like, well, you know, this, this is totally normal in the celebrity culture. Like, you know, all industry, I think she said all industries have pedophiles. And I was like, of course you're going to say that you're trying to get in bed with these people. You, you want to like join the cool club, uh, like the cool kids club with all the pedophiles. Of course you're going to say that. Like so it's disgusting. She, so was she saying that there wasn't anything wrong with it? Cause there's people that do it or what was she saying? I think what she was trying to say is there's pedophiles in every industry and and then she said, Well, we should look at the church and I was like, What? Like we're not talking about the church here, we're talking about Balenciaga and I have no doubt that she's just trying to get like them to sign her on her li- like on their list. You know what yeah, I mean? Like being, Yeah, she's being neutral. She's basically saying, like, well, this is everywhere. What are you going to do about it, right? Like, let's just move on. It's kind of like, you know, it's this turn the other cheek, put your head in the sand kind of attitude. And when you have that, you have a society in total dysfunction. Because, again, we live in a moralist society now. There is this gray area of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know... I don't think like it's it's to the point where like being a stay-at-home mom and you know just taking care of your husband is like this like controversial like you know like a revolutional thing where like people think that oh my god like you like stay home and you like cook for your husband like that's so crazy when like this used to be the norm right and it's now like if you're not sleeping around with a lot of men and you're like this like you know feminine woman it's like a totally crazy idea and they're trying to do the same thing with pedophilia and with like child sexualization and and that's what balenciaga really is about it's this push to see like how far are we going to be able to go with this right and if we did accept this it would have been something worse in a year from now or six months from now it would have been something much worse to see where the society is with this type of stuff and i'm I'm very glad people are like calling it out as it as as it should be yeah yeah we've definitely turned the tables when it comes to culture right and i see this too i know they're interviewing a lot of people for the world cup in middle eastern um, countries about how the LGBTQ community is not necessarily celebrated there. And instead of talking about other issues, the interviewers keep bringing up this issue of like, well, they're not allowed in your country or uh, they could get killed or, or whatever the case is. And the leaders of, you know, Qatar and these countries are saying like, we have 
gay people here, but PDA is frowned upon. Nobody is allowed to do PDA. If people want to be gay, they can be gay, but like there's no PDA, so nobody really knows about it, right? And this woman kept pushing the issue, and it's like our culture, my dad calls America GCO, which stands for the greatest country on earth, as a joke, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, my family used to be patriotic, but in the last, I don't know, probably 20 years, it's kind of changed, but um, he's like, in the GCO, we try to put our ideas and our beliefs on everyone, and um, and again, it's become this moralist society. They've taken God out of schools, religion out of schools, philosophy, like any kind of like deep thought, culture. Um, they've replaced all of these things, hard work, you know, with this easy lifestyle that we have here, video games, fast food, taking the mother out of the home to go to work, the kids being raised by the government schools, the state, they're finding all these child pornography books in schools. Parents are going to the libraries, checking out these books, reading them in these PTA meetings, being like, what the heck, why are these books in our schools? I did a few videos on this. And these were specifically placed in these schools. Somebody chose these books You know, somebody had read this book about giving oral to a a young woman and like a book for for children, right? And it's like, but parents aren't noticing this because the mom is working, the dad's working, the kids spend most of their time at school with other adults that aren't their own parents, right? And this was kind of one of the agendas of getting the mother out of the home. And if you live, like we were saying, a traditional life where the mom stays home, raises the kids and depends on her husband, and you promote that or you say that's your life, everywhere in the comments section will be women saying, good luck, he's going to cheat on you. Good luck when he leaves you with nothing. Um, You know, I can never do that. That's when he's going to control and abuse you. It's like we've been programmed as women to see that life as dangerous, unworthy, and... I mean, you even see it in like Meghan Markle's podcast, right? Of what she's promoting. Um, yeah. And, and as this like, you know, this job that's like, oh, I could never. And um, it's beneath me to do something like that. And one other thing I want to bring up is how I keep seeing videos of saying like of women and men saying, well, you know, my wife shouldn't have to cook and clean or I shouldn't have to cook and clean. I'm not going to cook and clean for a man. And it's like cooking is an energy transfer. Cooking, you know, they say that there's nothing like your mother's cooking because she puts love into it. They've done scientific research on cooking that, like, the energy you prepare the food with and who you're eating with actually affects how you digest the food. They did research studies on rabbits with this, actually. And um, there's, like, an art to it, and, and there's, like, a love to it. And when I'm cooking for, you know, my loved ones, I like enjoy it. I don't see it as this like less than me chore. We have to eat to live. Right. And I did a video on this and all these women were like, you know, I'm not going to cook and all the, they got like angry about it. Right. Well, it's like, well, if you're not going to cook, your husband's not going to cook. What are you going to do? You're just going to go eat out every night. You're going to get fast food. It's like, we've kind of shunned this culture of being a homemaker. You know, back in the day, we used to have home ec classes on how to sew how to cook, how to take care of the home. And it was like an art. It was like a, there was like a, a pleasure to it and a, an art to it, right? And now it's seen as this 
horrible thing. And now these kids are being raised in homes that have no love, no nurturing, you know, none of this kind of stuff and are being raised by the school, by the state. And, um, and people ask me like, why are kids so out of control? Why don't they listen to their parents and all these things? And it's like, well, their parents aren't really around. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I actually post a lot of videos on TikTok about like the trad lifestyle and I get all these people in my comments either saying that I'm totally entitled or they're like, well, I could never, I don't want to get abused by my husband. And I'm like, do you realize that abuse still exists with women working? Like, do you realize that? Because like abuse didn't go away because we went to work. If anything, it's probably more, there's probably more abuse now than it, ever has right like we see like financial abuse like I know people women who were like the sole home like the sole worker in the relationship and they were abused so like I don't know where people get this idea from where women get abused if they stay at home when abuse has gone nowhere like there's still yeah. abuse I've seen more situations where women who get cheated on are the women who are financially supporting men because men don't feel like men when they're living off of a woman. It makes them feel like a loser. They don't feel good about themselves. A lot of times the woman look down, looks down upon him, frowns upon him for that. And then he goes and cheats because he doesn't feel like a man. And I have seen more situations. I've done a lot of research on this. I've read countless of stories of women who've shared how their spouse, boyfriend, whatever has cheated. And most of the time these stories will have in it that the woman is the breadwinner in the household or the sole provider and like you said now there's financial abuse in the equation and it has made men lazy and it's made them not be the strong protective men in society that we need and it's created a lot more stress on women you know some women are built to be these executive ceo types and have the desire to do it and they have the energy to do it and they they they're built for that most women aren't built for that and we're kind of being forced to want to do that when a lot of us don't yeah i totally agree with that that's something that i never realized until about a year and a half i'd say about a year ago where i thought i wanted this like high-powered like lifestyle and like the dairy industry and then i one day realized that that was absolutely not what I wanted and I was just brainwashed by you know feminism and society and um yeah like it's so crazy that that's not normalized like I see so many people on TikTok especially like shitting on the like stay-at-home girlfriends and wives and they're like well you're gonna get cheated on and you're gonna get like all these like horrible things and I'm like actually I, I think they're, like, probably the smartest of all of us, you know? Like, well, I think the stay-at-home girlfriend thing is a little risky because you are not protected by anything, right? That guy could yeah. even leave you and you have nothing. And I do think that women should learn how to be financially savvy. I think women should learn how to invest money. I think women should learn how to develop their talent, whatever it might be, right? and learn how to make money off of something, whether it's passive income. Like I know women who have Airbnb operations. My stepmom has several homes where she operates Airbnb operations. She also has like a beach chair business that she started and she hires some guy to like operate it for her. And she makes 
pretty decent money with it. My dad doesn't make her work, and that's her money. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of a hobby that she picked up to do because she wasn't doing anything else because their kid went off to college, right? So I think, like, you know, it's always important to grow, expand your horizons, learn new knowledge, and, you know, utilize a relationship to nurture your passions, whatever that might be. Um, does it mean you have to be, like, you know, working 24-7 and, and being the boss babe? No, but, like, you don't want to be idle in life either. But when you're married, you combine assets and money, and you're helping your husband if you're a stay-at-home mom. You're helping your husband build his empire by bringing him peace, by taking care of the home, taking care of the kids. You're a pivotal person in that environment. So you're helping, like my uncles who are worth millions, they say I couldn't get here without the support of my wife, right? And that's why the wife is also entitled to what that husband has because she's that support system for him as well. And she relinquished her, like my dad even says that, stay-at-home moms should get a salary from their husbands because they're doing all of the work at home and their husbands should pay that woman a salary and that she should learn how to manage that money properly, reinvest it, and bring more money into the home, right? But um, I think being a stay-at-home girlfriend is a little trickier because you're not legally entitled to anything, right? It's a little bit more risky. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, there's this kind of, as you were saying, like there's women who shun just even supporting your man emotionally, um, spiritually, you know, being his rock per se, you know, women are like, no, he needs to be supporting me. Right. And, um, I saw a comment the other day of this woman saying that she was dating some guy who she, he wasn't making as much money as her. And so she would always say, well, let me pay the bill. Cause I make more than you anyway. And then he ended up breaking up with her, and she was like, he just didn't feel confident around me. And it's like, yeah, well, if you're constantly passive-aggressively shaming him for making less than you. And she was like, well, it's not my problem. He has a fragile ego. And it's like, I feel like so many women are just so clueless about how men operate. And if they just knew how to, like, work with men, we would get so much further along. But instead, it's become this, like, gender war, right? Yeah, like, I think that feminism has really separated men and women, right? Like, you see women in competition with men, and I say this to my friends all the time. I'm like, you know, if you're, like, this boss babe person, like, find a man that supports you. You know, you don't need to have the CEO, like, boss man, I guess. Like, you can find a man that supports you because if you do end up with the CEO, what might happen, like unsubconsciously, you might not want it to happen, but it probably will happen is that you guys are going to be in a competition with each other when you actually want like a really when you're in a relationship, you want to like come together and, you know, kind of move forward in life. But, you know, if you're with this high power CEO, dude, you might you might actually be in a competition with him and not even know it. Right. Yeah, that's why I talk a lot about archetypes on my platform because the CEO man would be a lot of times the ruler and the CEO woman would be the female ruler, the queen mother. And two masculine energies together, does it create a polarity? Does it create desire, passion? And oftentimes the man will leave and, you know, we see this sometimes where he'll leave for just kind of this like, 
younger model. And it's not necessarily like the age he's after, but it's like the younger women are more fun. They're happy. They have more time to spend with him. They're more devoted to him. They want to please him. They want to be at his beck and call. They want to follow him, right? And these masculine men want that feminine presence, whereas the, the ruler woman, she's headstrong. She has her desires and they kind of work together side by side, but there's no sexual polarity and she doesn't need him. And a lot of times masculine men want to feel needed. They want to feel like they have a purpose and they don't with these kinds of women. So these women do best with the archetypes of men who support them, which are more feminine men that are like, you go off and you, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Her husband was a lawyer. He relinquished his job and he became a stay at home father, raised their kids while she became Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Um, yeah. And he was this like emotional support for her, which is what she needed. And they had a balanced relationship because of it. Yeah, and like you see it with like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and, you know, a few different of these archetypes where the women are like the queen mothers and and then the the men are the managers. And I think it's really important. I tell my friends who are like boss babes, CEOs, I'm like, girl, like... You know, I hate to say this to you, but like it's true because if you end up with this ruler, you you're probably gonna have some issues, you know, and um, yeah, it's yeah, I don't like I honestly don't even remember what we were talking about, but yeah, it it's <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> sorry, my cat's being your cat loves to join us when we're in conversation. Yeah, she'll sit on my lap and just, she's just happy sitting there and just looking at the camera. But yeah, so the degradation of society kind of caused what we know as the Balenciaga scandal. Um, you know, I, I think it's really cool that we got into like the whole like history of like feminism and how that kind of, you know, led us to where we are today. Um, I did want to go over the statements of Balenciaga and also Kim Kardashian. Um, I don't know if I want to go over the Balenciaga one, but specifically the Kim Kardashian one, because I, ju I just thought it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'll just read it if that's okay with you. Um, so I've been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand my, for myself how this could have happened. I don't know about you, but like, I don't think it takes six days to speak to their team and see what happens. Yeah, I think she was definitely trying to strategically figure out a way to respond without shaming them completely and throwing them under the bus because they are Balenciaga and Kim Kardashian's clothing line are owned by the same company, right? The same mm -hmm. umbrella. They're under the same umbrella. So um, she's going to strategically give a statement to be very neutral. Yeah. So the second part of the statement is, as a mother of four, I have been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard, and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have, been, have no place in her our society period yeah i 100 percent agree with that um and then of course the third paragraph which is 
I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology and speaking with them. I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. And then the last paragraph, Sarah, is as for my future with Balenciaga, I'm currently reevaluating re my relationship with the brand, basing it off of their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with and the actions I am expecting them to see to protect children. This is the part where I really was pissed off because, like, the, like, this was very deliberate. This was, as you said in the beginning, in the introduction, this was super deliberate. Like, you don't go through a shoot without literally approving every single detail of that shoot. And the fact that she's trying to, like, play it off as, like, oh, this was, like, a little accident, a little oopsies. And I'm gonna... And she doesn't even, like, she doesn't even cut ties with Balenciaga. And she's like, well, I'm gonna reevaluate my relationship with the brand. That just says, to me, anyways, that like sentence right there says I'm just waiting to see how bad the backlash is gonna be for my statement and then I'm gonna make a decision on Balenciaga so or if I yeah so what I think is gonna happen I think she will end up cutting ties with Balenciaga just looking at the comments of the Twitter and people are just outraged by her statement but I think that specific sentence just said I'm just going to wait and see what happens, right? Um, what are your well, thoughts? Well, did you see the images from the creative director's Instagram? Yes. Yes, I did see them. I mean, there are blatant Satanist photos that have been there mm -hmm. for a while. You know. <laughs> yeah, like, no. How, how can you not know? How can you not be aware that this is what's going on? Yeah, and even Kim Kardashian herself, like the one book, I don't know if you saw that, but there's another shoot after all these shoots with this like author that paints like weird satanic stuff, right? And one of the things he painted was like the fully like the silhouette that Kim Kardashian wore at the Met Gala. And yeah. that she wore with her child. Yeah. So this is where, obviously, I think this whole, like, statement is BS. Um, like, there's no doubt about that. Like, even looking at it from a legal perspective, I'm, like, this is complete nonsense. But, like, Kim Kardashian is participating in satanic stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the whole, that's what the, the in crowd, you know, that it's, there's a lot that <laughs> I want to say, but I'm like, I don't know if I should say, but there's a lot that's coming to the forefront that just can't be hidden as a conspiracy theory anymore. Right? Yeah. Yeah, even with, like, so I don't know if you remember this, but last year there was the Astroworld uh, concert. Yeah. And I remember watching that with absolute horror. Because, I, like, I was watching the videos on TikTok, and I just felt the evil. 
in those TikToks. It was so weird. And I never felt this before. And I've been to millions of concerts. And I was like, I've never been to a concert and felt that. Like, usually it's like a happy, like, chill mood. And I was just watching the videos. And it's like, you just felt like you were in hell. You know? And that's when it started kind of putting pieces together. Like, it wasn't... I was like, okay, this might or might not be a satanic ritual. I didn't really know at the time. But with this, like, Balenciaga campaign, I don't know. I just... I. <laughs> I just think that this is what it is. It's well, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that it looked like hell <coughs> because these people in power harvest energy from our fear. You know, we live in a very dense world now. We live in a very low vibrational world now. Our food is low vibrational. Our the nutrients we're getting as you know are low vibrational. Our education is low vibrational. The media, what we talk about, social media is low vibrational. You go on TikTok, most of the Content is toxic. You go on the news, it's always tragedy because they harvest energy from our fears, right? So the more we stay in these low vibrations, we are like imprisoned mentally by this. We're not going to evolve into our higher selves. We're not going to evolve into the best versions of ourselves. If we sexualize kids from a young age and get them interested in this kind of lifestyle and pollute their minds and pollute their bodies and their energies, they're not going to live their highest potential. If we traumatize children from a young age, you know, by whether it's, you know, taking their mother out of the home too soon, single parent households, the sexualization of children from a young age, all of these things, you know what trauma does. It lives with you. You have to go to therapy, you self-medicate, you use drugs. It's this vicious cycle, this vicious karmic cycle that just keeps continuing on. So we stay low vibrational beings and the elite stay at the top and make all of the rules, profit all of the money and essentially enslave humanity in this low vibrational world while they profit, benefit and gain from all of this. So they're not going to benefit out of this joyous society um, and this purity culture, purity culture, or a pure society, a spiritual society, that kind of thing, they're not going to benefit off of that, um, doing good and protecting children. I mean, if you look at it, child trafficking is the most lucrative industry in the world, and most of it takes place in our country. Why? Why? But mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it. It's like some, it's some taboo thing that they call a conspiracy that they, you know, when they wanted to build the wall between Mexico and America, because mostly what's going on there, if you talk to Border Patrol, is trafficking. And people will say, oh, it's racism. They don't want these immigrants coming in here. And it's like, no, that's not what's going on, right? And they always try to spin it. And this is kind of the issue, too. It's like a lot of their agenda is evil, but they will spin it as something positive for humanity, one love, everybody, let's accept everybody. Like, let's just, there's nothing wrong with loving children. They should have love too, right? They should learn what, whatever sex is, you know? So they try to disguise it or mask it as something positive and the things that are positive, they try to mask as negative. So it becomes this, like I mentioned in the beginning, this backwards society, (laughs) 
Yeah, and with the child trafficking issue, I don't know if you are aware of something else that happens in Canada, but there's a huge child trafficking issue. You know, we have thousands and thousands of missing and murdered Indigenous women. And if you go out and say that, like, it's just something that no one talks about. And, you know, it's something I will eventually actually cover on my podcast. Um, But it's just all of the stuff that's happening right now um, is just, it's honestly like once you wake up to this, it's so hard to see the world as this like beautiful place because you just see all of like all of the evil going on with like even stuff like the Balenciaga campaign. Like it's so dark and evil and so disgusting. And um, yeah, it's just, it's one of the reasons when I started to wake up, you know, because I worked in the entertainment business for a few years and I've worked in the fashion industry for a few years. I lived in New York City and I've talked about this a lot. I've been around a lot of the elite. Um, I did a video on this, um, how a friend of mine dated this powerful billionaire and I've you know, met a lot of powerful people, worked with the UN. You start to kind of wake up of the seediness of what's going on, the things that are hidden that, you know, a lot of people, they want to mingle with people at the top. They want the most expensive handbags. They want this elite lifestyle. They're always chasing it like in a hamster wheel, right? Let me get the richest guy, get the best lifestyle. And then you start to really see the darkness of that world. And I went through a depression actually for about like a year when I kind of discovered the truth. And then it's like, now it's like my whole mentality, my whole life has changed to where I'd rather just live off grid, have a farm, live in my own bubble, you know, material things don't matter as much to me anymore. Getting the latest handbag doesn't matter to me as much anymore. I don't care about those things as much anymore that I, you know, that I used to, I used to want this big fashion brand in, in New York City and live this life. Um, and, you know, I have access to it, but it's not something that I um, am so controlled by, right? I've learned to kind of evolve past that because I see that all of these things are transient and it's not the meaning of life. And a lot of that is dark and seedy and a lot of people are just not operating in their, um, they're, they're slaves. They're slaves to this stuff, you know, and that's what our culture has come to essentially. Yeah. That's, uh, I think the main reason why Andrew Tate got banned was because he was telling everyone that they're slaves and they're living in the matrix. And a lot of people, I know a lot of people personally that woke up, they don't listen to like the whole women stuff about Andrew Tate, but they woke up and realized, oh my God, like we live in the matrix. We're slaves to the elites because of Andrew Tate. And then he got canceled. Um, And it's like, it's so true. Like I, it took me, I'm like still kind of waking up, but like there's a lot that brought me to where I am like getting the vaccine and almost dying from it like just starting to realize that feminism sucks and like all of this stuff and 
here I am today talking about like the World Economic Forum a lot on my TikTok channel. And it's just, it's such a hard thing to do when you wake up because you realize that every single thing you've been told is a lie, right? Like I used to want to be a celebrity as well. Like I remember like idealizing like Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, people like that, wanting to be a celebrity, wanting to sing, wanting to do all this stuff. And then you see what like certain people are telling you about that life. And it's like, oh my God, thank God that I didn't do that. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, there's been also, you know, women that will ask a lot of these hypergamous content creators, like, where do you find these rich men? And one girl had done a video, like, go to Davos in Switzerland where all the wealthy men go. And it's like, when you know about these things and these people, you know that that's all a part of the same tribe, I guess you can call it. And it's like, do you really want that? I don't think people really understand. And when I say that people are slaves, I'm not necessarily saying they're slaves to the elite. They're slaves to their own desires, right? Mm -hmm. They're slaves to getting the money, getting the Balenciaga, getting the Gucci bag, getting the car to show off to people on social media and um, to be always chasing, chasing, chasing this stuff. Um, to fill this emptiness inside of them, right? And I like Andrew Tate for a lot of reasons, but he's also a slave to his own desires. He has this obsession with having multiple women, you know, since the beginning of time, men have had multiple women, but women, how dare you have multiple men? It's been frowned upon across every culture. And it's like, of course it's been frowned upon because we've always lived in a patriarchy. Men are always going to do what benefits them. And they're not going to want women to do that to them because they, they can't stand the betrayal of a woman cheating, but they themselves will cheat and betray and they've justified it to themselves. And they believe that it's okay because men have always done it because men have always made the rules per se. Right. And even he is a slave to his own desires when it comes to that stuff. Right. I mean, he makes money off of cam girls, you know, he's not living this altruistic lifestyle. Although I do agree with a lot of what he says, you know, he has videos about, you know, if a woman cheats, I want to, I want to convert to Islam so I can stone a woman for cheating. Nobody talks about that video. And if you talk about that video, yeah. they'll say that you just heard it somewhere and it's not real, but I've seen it myself, right? You can't really find it on the internet. And yeah, you did send it to me. Yeah. yeah like one of the reasons why I don't like him is because he does kind of promote abuse to women. He, he's not necessarily an ally of women. Sometimes he can be an ally to women, but he, I would say, is not fully evolved as a man. He's still definitely driven by his own desires. I mean, look at him. He, he has all these Bugattis, these luxury cars, and I'm not knocking it, right? I think even in Buddhism, it says desires lead to enlightenment. It is natural and normal for us to desire things. We desire to eat. We desire to live. We desire to love. Right. So I'm not saying it's wrong to have nice things or to desire nice things. And if you're working hard and building up a society and creating value in society and the result is having a lot of money and the result is having a Bugatti, then great, whatever. I'm not here to judge you. Right. But to be ruled by these things, to be in the world of, as we call animality or hunger or rapture all the time, you know, you're driven by these lower impulses. And I mean, look at the things that he does to get money. He makes money again off of cam girls. Is mm -hmm. that really a 
is that really helping society? <laughs> you know? So that's kind of my thoughts on Andrew Tate. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Andrew. Uh, like what, what you said about Andrew Tate. Um, I like I looked, I don't know, I kind of hated Andrew Tate when he first came on to TikTok because he was like so much in your face. And I was like, I just don't want to see this bald man talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I started listening to some of his stuff about the Matrix and, you know, living on multiple grids and certain things I agree with Andrew Tate. Obviously, the stuff about women, I don't. But I'm also very like traditional. So, you know, like we're both very traditional. So, you know, I just thought to myself, okay, if you want to be like that, fine. I just would never date you. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he promotes that, you know, the women who have the highest value are 18 year old virgins. And that's who he'd rather date. And it's like, I hate how they promote this ideology because you're basically telling women that as they age, they have no value. Whereas back in the day, women who were older had so much value because they had wisdom. They passed down to young women. They had knowledge. They were intelligent. They helped the communities. They had so much value, right? What does an 18 year old girl know? She doesn't know anything. She's naive to the world, right? And they like that naivety because they can control them, manipulate them and mm -hmm. have them do what they want them to do, right? Which a lot of narcissists will do that go after women like that right and it's so toxic i think to tell a woman that like once you become 19 20 21 i mean they're telling women who are 25 that you have no value that you're too old yeah i can't help to age right if a man if a man is valuable because he has money he can change his degree he can change his income he can change his job he can change how he operates to make more money women can't change the fact that we age. So you're basically setting women up for failure to believe that every day that goes by, their life is going to get worse. They're not going to get love. You know, I saw a comment where this woman said that she found love with a multimillionaire when she was 38. And all these men came for her and said, oh, what, what an idiot that guy was. He could have had a 20-year-old model. Oh he chose you and started attacking this poor, happily married woman. It's just, it's turned, and I've never seen anything like it until Andrew Tate came on the scene. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely disagree with the whole age like thing, you know, um, like it's kind of pointless because not everyone's going to get number one, an 18 year, like an 18 year old virgin. Right. Like, and number two, like it, yeah, it's saying that women don't have value past the age of 25. Like I'm 23. Like I have two years to go before Andrew Tate says that I have no longer value, you know, like, so yeah. And it's a way for them to, you know, a lot of these angry men who didn't get the woman they wanted, who were ignored by women. It's a way for them to, um, shit all over women, excuse my language and make them feel bad because there's nothing else they can say. So they just, you know, all rally together about like, you have no value. You're 30. No one wants you. You're old, you know, all these things. And it's just like, come on, like what happened to respecting your elders? What happened to getting wisdom? What happened to like, you know, honoring those who are older than you, right? It's like, yeah, our society has lost wisdom. And that's the true problem I think that we're really facing is there is no wisdom. There is, you know, people aren't, we become a me, me, me culture, right? Yeah. 
instead of a seeking culture and a community building culture, uh, we've become uh, this very independent, isolated, um, depressed and selfish culture. Yeah, and I, I actually, so I think this culture, first of all, devalued children. I think that's what's happening right now with all of these demonic, like, stuff, right, with the child photo shoes with Balenciaga. We al- we've also discarded the elders. Um, I don't see, I actually made a video about this the other day, and it was, like, a woman saying, like, oh, what happened, like, why does a woman with six children have nobody in the nursing home and i'm like yeah there's a couple reasons for that she might or might not be a shitty person like that definitely can happen but i saw with my own family where my one of my family members you know he was beloved he was getting visits all the time and then he got sick and the visits stopped Mm -hmm. you know his grandchildren i'm his only grandchild that goes and sees him some of his children will go and see him, but it, it's just not a priority for some people anymore. And he has a lot of grandchildren, like he has a lot of grandchildren and I'm, I'm the only one who goes and sees him. And it's, it's so sad and he's such a great person, but because he's not healthy anymore or he's not as vibrant anymore, I guess, people stop coming to see him. And it's so heartbreaking for for me because it's like you know you still have these amazing moments with with him and you know people are missing out on that because they're just pretty selfish in my opinion you know and it's it's like we have this devaluation of people like we live in this disposable society where we just throw away everything like anything that's inconvenient we throw away we throw away our elders you know specific women will have abortions because it's not convenient for them. Like, it's just, we live in this, like, throwaway culture where we've normalized the throwing away of people because it's not convenient for yeah. people, right? Everyone being disposable. I saw firsthand my, one of my good friends, her father um, had Alzheimer's. He actually had West Nile virus, which led to short-term memory loss, which led to Alzheimer's. And he got put into a nursing home and she basically like quit her job to take care of him every day because we would go in there and the conditions of these people were horrible. They weren't getting taken care of by the nurses. You know, he fell and broke his hip, his arm. He like had sores on his body at one point because nobody like washed him properly or took care of him properly. So she had to quit her job to take care of her dad. And they were spending a fortune on this nursing, like $10,000 a month for this horrible care outdated everything and i'm asking like where is this ten thousand dollars a month going the tv is from like the 1970s the beds are like from the 1970s the nurses are getting paid nothing where is all of this money going it's not going for proper care for the elderly and he had like six kids i believe she was the only one who took care of him she was there every single day by his side and he was a very wealthy man he took care of his family um his son actually kind of stole the family business from him. Like when he was in the hospital with his illness, his son had him sign over the company to him. So stole everything from him and became a millionaire through the dad. None of them came to visit him. He was the nicest guy. And it was just, you know, and I would go in there and it'd be so sad. I remember this lady with Alzheimer's. Like I used to sit with her at dinner 
um, she had no family. She was like this Polish lady. She hardly spoke English. And she was just so grateful to have like human interaction with me. And I just left every time just so heartbroken for these people. Yeah, like, well, with my grandfather, thankfully, he has one of the brothers that takes care of him. And my grandma, they refuse to put him in a nursing home, which is a great decision, in my opinion. But like in there's five boys and they all kind of kind of go see him. My dad's there like twice a week. Um, But it's the grandchildren that really blows my mind because it's like there's 15 of us. And I'm the only one who goes and sees them regularly. Like, I'll go see them once a month because I live pretty far away. Let's say 10 or 12 of the grandchildren live, like, within an hour of my grandparents. And I'd say I'm the only one who's seen them in a year. Yeah. Well, we've definitely moved away from family values and the family unit and more into a selfish culture. Yeah, and it's... It's so sad because, like, we see, we also see, like, the kind of the devaluation of children. You know, we see this culture devaluing children, devaluing mothers. Uh, we see that. Also, fathers. I think we're just devaluing everything, honestly. Like, it's just a very yeah. selfish, very selfish culture to the point where, like, cats and dogs get treated better than some kids and, and elders in nursing homes. Like... <laughs> that my dog got treated better than most kids i love that little dog he was he was the best but anyway i have to go but um, yeah yeah i will wrap up okay so thank you so much for coming on i will put alexi's links in my bio so go check out her new workshop that she's doing um and of course her instagram and her website and her tiktok and thank you so much, Alexi, for joining me once again. Thank you, Clarina. It's always nice having a dialogue with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye.